1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode four hundred and twenty-five of the world's like seventeenth least dangerous podcast. I am Nate Dotson. I am here with the Podfather, Bill Lack. How are you, Bill?
2: Doing great. Doing great. Almost past my bedtime. You know, the the sacrifices I make for our you know for our, our people here.
1: I'm telling you, it's a, it's an important role you play um as you may have noticed chad is not with us he will be shortly he is who knows what he's doing we can't keep track of that guy he, but he, meantime,
2: he's, he's actually doing you know what he's paid to do rather than the stuff that he likes to do you know?
1: <laughs> if only he could get paid to do both
2: yeah boy wouldn't that be sweet
1: right, if you figure out how just let me know well we had some baseball played since the last time we joined here we had a uh, Four-game set in Pittsburgh that the Reds and Pirates split. Um, today ended a two-game set in Cleveland against the Guardians uh, with a rain delay sandwich in the middle there. And the Reds took both of those. I'm going to love it when a sweep works out for the good guys. Um, obviously, we're going to get into the Hunter Green stuff, Bill. Was there anything else that uh, jumps to mind thinking about yeah. that Pittsburgh series?
2: the Pittsburgh series no, the Reds offensively were kind of disappointing in in, in the series um, I, I I struggle to call a two game winning two game series a sweep, you know <laughs> I, I think that, like, and and they were making a big deal of it if you were watching on the on the podcast today that this is the first time the Reds have ever swept the Indians in Cleveland. I'm like it was a two game series, guys, let's not get too excited here, you know.
1: There should be different barometers for different teams. Like, we are allowed to have two game sweeps and two game winning streaks. But if the game, you're the
2: Dodgers, if you're the Dodgers, it's got to be like at least four games.
1: That's right. Well, let's jump right into, uh, you know, there's a big, probably probably the biggest talking point of the last week or so the Hunter Green game. Um, Hunter Green, I don't have a stats pulled up here in front of me, but he was electric. I think he went seven and two thirds. Or seven and a third of no hit
2: ball. Seven and a third, I believe, yeah.
1: Seven and a third. That's right. No hit ball. But the big question was, did David Bell do the right thing, pulling him after 118 pitches, and was it too soon? Was it right on time? What do you think, Bill?
2: I think if anything, he may have left him in there a little too long. He was, he was. If you watched in a, in, a, in the the eighth inning, he was laboring, uh, and. You could see he, he didn't have the same rhythm he had had earlier. Uh, I was – in fact, I was – Chad and I were texting back and forth during the game, and and uh, his stuff was electric. I mean, it was and, – and I've said all along since I've gotten to Seagreen this year that – I mean, it's great that he can bring it up there 100 miles an hour, seemingly whenever he wants to. But that's not what's going to make him successful in, as a major league pitcher. It's going to be his off pitches, and, and – he was, he was working the bottom of the strike zone with, with breaking stuff in that game on Sunday, and, and it, it it was phenomenal to watch. It was, it was like – it didn't look like a 22-year-old kid, I can tell you that.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody can really disagree with that. And you're right, he threw the slider more often than he did the fastball. Um, you could argue it's a much more unhittable pitch. I mean, I think that he learned early on that, you know, in the minors people will have a hard time catching up to that triple-digit heat, but there's a lot of guys – The big league level that aren't going to have too much of a problem with that. And when they do make contact, it goes a long way. Um, personally, I think um I don't have a problem with David Bell leaving him in the way he did. I agree that he was sort of winding down there at the end, those two back-to-back walks. You know, he only had had five walks on the day, but two of them were the last two batters he faced. Um I guess they they talked about it on the broadcast a lot. Um, I was listening to it in the radio actually, and what, what better option? Is, it, is, it, is the team going to be better off by replacing the guy on the mound? And that's one side of it. The other one is obviously 118 pitches. I mean, it's a 22-year-old. He's had his injury history that we don't like to talk too much about. I guess my question is, what's the magic number? What number of pitches is too many? I mean, he threw 100 the last time out. Is it, is it too much at 105? Is it 110? And I certainly don't know the answer to that. It doesn't seem like anyone else does either, unless you get on Twitter for a while, you'll find plenty of answers there.
2: Well, that's where all the experts hang out.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess. I guess my biggest issue was is that they didn't have anybody warming up. I mean, I don't know if, and, and like- that and that,
2: and, and that seems to be one of David Bell's uh, biggest issues to me. He and he did it again. I think it was with Overton the other night, and and. Or, or or when it was when Diaz got in trouble and there was nobody up. That's what it was. Um, I, you know, I'm not a big David Bell fan or big David Bell retra- you know, detractor, but it, it does seem like there are times when you got you know 200 guys in the bullpen, it would seem like you you would get somebody up just out of caution. Yeah. And and I don't know. And, and right. as, for, as for the 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 when you should pull them and when you. You know, Chris Welsh talks a lot about, about high leverage pitches and, and pitching in high leverage situations and that being more wearing on you. And I, I readily admit that I, I don't know enough about pitching to be able to tell when's a high, you know, what's a high leverage inning and what's not. You know, I assume it's when you're late in the ballgame pitch, pitching to four or five or six guys or something like that. I. But I don't like seeing a 22-year-old kid that's already had his arm worked on once, though, in 118 pitches and and. Then, there, to me, there shouldn't be any discussion of whether you pulled him or not. Hell, they pulled Kershaw when he was throwing a no-hitter, you know. And right. He's got a lot more,
1: you know, innings on his arm than than Green does. Yeah. I guess you certainly want to, you know, side with caution. But, you know, if he doesn't walk those two guys and gets those two guys out, then he's sitting just over 100 pitches with one inning to go. And I think yeah. it's a different story. Adrenaline's going to kick in. He's a young guy. but. You Know as the story goes, he did walk those guys, he did get pulled, and I guess the rest is quite literally history. As the Reds became one of six teams to no hit the other team and lose the ball game. Um, and who else but who else but the Reds
2: could manage to pull that out in this day and age? The, the, the other thing though, when we're talking about the pitches and all these things, and, and a lot of guys, a lot of people, my guys, my age, you'll hear them say. Well, Jim Maloney used to throw 250 pitches, and you know, you know, these guys used to throw, you know, 200 pitches in a game. Or the thing is, it, what, what they don't always seem to want to talk or want to think about, though, is the amount of money that's in, that these the teams have invested in these guys. Now they're a much more valuable asset than they were then. You know, then they you know, Jim Maloney, I think probably most of you probably ever made was about fifty thousand dollars in a year. <laughs> And hell, that's that's pocket change for these. They got that in their wallet. Uh, it, it's a whole different situation, and it's I don't think it's really comparable.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. There's all kinds of other factors in there trying to compare the two eras. Um, you know, the guys are throwing harder now. They're probably you know laboring through it a lot more. The guys they're facing are a lot better, a lot more dialed in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those those high leverage pitches that Chris Walsh talks about, maybe that's that's it, but. Yeah, the Reds got beat, even though they no-hit the team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. It stunk. I think that uh, the the Internet loved making fun of the Reds, a little bit about it for a little while. But, hey, when I look back at that day, I'm not going to remember anything other than the Reds' 22-year-old young stud throwing an absolute gem and hopefully one of many, many more to come.
2: Yeah, hopefully, you know, maybe next time they'll score a run for
1: him. I mean, that that would have been nice. And you could argue that one reason reason why they didn't was because um, Tyler Stevenson did not play that day after uh, the game prior. um, Leaving the game early after taking a foul ball to the face mask. Mm -hmm. Um, That led to a lot more conversations. People were wondering, should the Reds move Tyler Stevenson to first base? Um, to protect his longevity, um, I've certainly got some opinions. But what do you think?
2: Well, I don't think you're going to do it. I don't think there's much discussion of it now. I mean, because they got Votto for two more years, and, and they're paying Joey twenty five million dollars. Uh, I, that's not to say that Stevenson couldn't get some time in the outfield. He seems like a pretty athletic kind of ki- athletic kid. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but. And I, and I think we're going to differ on this. I think the long-term success for this kid is not going to be behind the plate. Uh, it's someone that's had a couple of concussions in his time. They say that, you know, once you get the first one, the next ones are easier to get. And, uh, you know, he, that's the position. You're most likely to take something, you know, take shots to the head, foul tips, guys running into you, you know, getting your head slammed into the ground, like the douchebag from the Dodgers did to him. Uh, I think if you want this kid to be successful over the long term, I think you're going to have to get him out from behind the plate. Plus the fact that this team, you know, that this, we seem to have, a, you know, like three good catchers coming along fairly, you know, they're you know, coming along in the system that that they're pretty high on. So, you know, that, that may push him out from behind the plate too. And a lot of it I think is going to have to do with timing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a completely fair argument. Um, you know, Rich Thompson, one of our – uh Patrons over at Patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, He asked something that you just touched on. It says that uh, unless someone develops over the next two to three years to fill that Joey Votto gap, um, where do you see Tyler Stevenson in the future? You see him being at first base. I just think that you have to give him every opportunity you can to stick at catcher. Somebody brought up a good point that he probably would have been on the big league roster sooner if he had played a different position. They kept him down there to work on his craft. So they kept some big money from his, you know, from his bank account. Um, I get the hill things. And I think ultimately he will have some say-so in that. But the value, just talking as a fan here, the statistical value of an elite catcher offensively is so much more impactful than that of, of a first baseman. You know, right now he would be a slightly above league average first baseman, but he's an elite. Hitting catcher, and, that, that makes that, company- and
2: I understand what you're saying there, and I, and I and I and I agree with it. But I don't think you can just look at it on its face. You got to look at whether you, you know whether you're the position that you're going to move him to. If that's already below it, you got to add them together and then see where you are. You know, you know, if the guy that replaces him at catcher is better than the guy that's playing first base in terms of you know where they fit, then it's bet you're better off moving him. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, a lot of it depends. And a lot of this is going to have to do with timing. There was just an article in the Enquirer. I think it was in the Enquirer the other day. I I read it somewhere online where they talked about these young catchers that that are coming up behind him, and there were three of them. But I think the highest one was like a high A or double A. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wasn't in Louisville. But I don't know if I agree with the argument that the Reds held him back. You know, two years ago, he wouldn't have been ready, I don't think. He, he He had had some injury problems in the minor leagues. Stay, he had problems staying healthy down there. So I think they were bringing him along fairly slowly. And the Reds tend to bring guys along slowly anyway, whether we like it or not. And, and you got to remember, you know, two years ago, we had Kasali and, 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 and Tucker, and, and they were a pretty doggone good catching combination. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I don't think they, they treated this kid unfairly. I don't think it's anything like the situation with what they did with Senzel. Uh, right. I, I don't think, personally, I don't think he was ready. You know, I think they brought him up last year. I think it was the right time um and he and he and he did his you know he was he far exceeded the expectations i had for him last year and i really expected him to come into his own this year and and if we if we can keep him on the field i think he'll he'll just get better and better
1: yeah i have a hard time disagreeing with too much that um i guess at the end of the day you can look at it one of two ways either this is a game you let leave it up to the kids say hey go play go play this game that you love let us know what you're thinking if he wants to make a move then I'm sure he can influence that a little bit. But if you're the ball club, if you're Nick Kroll or Phil Castellini, or Bob Castellini, you got to think, oh, this is, this is an asset. This is an investment. How do I get the most out of this asset? And you're going to get the longest term, you know, the longest returns, I imagine, um, at first base. But we do have the DH now, so, you know, he doesn't have to catch 150 games. And I like what you said about the put him in a corner outfield spot. You know, keep his bat in the lineup while protecting his knees. Well,
2: and that's the thing, you know, I think we all said coming into this season with the DH and, 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 you know, being able to rest Joey a little bit at first or run Joey to DH, you know, for a day and, and put Stevenson out there. And, you know, and again, I'm showing my age here, but we've had catchers before that played in the outfield. Uh, we, and we, we've laughed about this. I mean, if you, if you look back, Johnny Bench, I remember there was a double, I think it was a double header Johnny Bench started in center field. I Can you imagine a catcher starting in center? I mean, other than, uh,
1: uh, the guy uh But anyway, I can't imagine anybody with Johnny Bench's build starting in center field. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing is
2: you, you well, and, and this is a whole different thing. But you think of Johnny Bench as this big, bulky, you know, big stocky, big guy, and compared to the guys now, he's not a big guy. No.
1: You know, so I mean, just, Stevenson uh, is a, but is a big. Is a
2: ball. But but this uh, something else I wanted to touch on though is as you were saying. Uh. Players have a lot more influence now on where they're going to play than they ever did in the past Uh, for right or wrong, whether you like it or not, it's just a fact of life. You know, you don't get move. You you, you don't get your position changed without you having at least some say in it. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be a rookie kid like Senzel and they ask him to move He's not going to say, no, I don't want to do that when you're going to you know, mm-hmm. tar your name with the ball club for the rest of your career. Uh, but you can, in small ways, I, I'm sure, you know, let let people know that you're not real happy about the move. But you're also if they if they want you to move is to get playing time. You yeah, know, true. They, they're not going to move you so you can sit on behind somebody. So, yeah, it's
1: not that's not it's not a huge loss. They're trying to move you for mm-hmm. reasons that at least in their mind are going to be beneficial to both the club and the player. But baseball is a little bit behind the other two major sports in the, um, the player empowerment era. You know, it seems like the players have a lot more leverage in basketball and football right now. So I would, I would guess it's only a matter of time before that happens in baseball too. They catch up a little bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, even I, I think there's some of it in baseball, but it, it's, I, and I, I can't talk for, about the NBA cause I don't follow it very closely, but, but you know, I, I, in football, it, you don't see much position changing. You don't see much, you know, you, you see ways that p- players are used, and but if that becomes a problem, generally they move teams, not move yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, not positions. It's uh, it's it's teams and, and salaries that they're seeming yeah. to be making a stand on. Yep. Um well let's talk about Tyler Stevenson. It kind of got me thinking. I knew we were gonna talk about this, and I had a question I wanted to throw out and hope the chat will pop in while we're talking about this, but you know. A lot of people wonder what the Castellanis could do to sort of reel the fan base back in. How could we get people to you know, take the focus away from all of the crap that they put us through the last month and a half? And I think that uh, I think the biggest answer is <laughs> that's the biggest answer. <laughs> um,
2: I just held up a was, sign that said sell for anyone that's not watching and it's listening.
1: Yeah, sell, sell the team is the one way that they, uh, they get everybody on their side, unless you work for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Um Outside of that, uh, laying out some sort of vision would be important, but I think locking up some of this young talent. you know, get, Buy out these arbitration years and at least show the fans that, hey, we are committed to you know our young, homegrown talent. But if you're going to do that, who would you want the Reds to lock up? I don't know. Honestly,
2: Stevenson is the only one right now that I would be comfortable doing it with. Uh, you know, you, you talk about green, you talk about Ladolo, but in the rookie years and, and and you know, what are you going to, you're probably talking about what, four years, five years. And, and I mm-hmm. struggle with giving pitchers four and five year deals. I, I just do. And 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 I think, you know, I, I really think we're talking about pie in the sky anyway, because I don't think the Castellini's are going to do any of that. They're, they're you know, they're going to want to, when, when these guys' salaries start topping out, they're going to want to, if you believe that they're trying to operate on the Tampa Bay model, now we won't even get into the argument whether they're smart enough to operate the Tampa Bay model. That's a whole different discussion. But even if you believe that, Tampa doesn't do that. They don't, you know, they may buy out some arbitration years, but they don't go, once guys start, you know, getting above where they're comfortable with salary-wise, they move them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the the idea of the Reds getting fair market value for guys once they're major league successful, I I have no confidence in Nick Kroll and his cronies being able to do that. Uh, And that's why I, I struggle with this whole, you know, You got to have faith in this idea. Uh, I'd have faith if I believed you knew what you were doing. I mean, it just seems like the, the, and and we've all said this on on here before is, it just seems like his priority is whoever calls on the phone. There doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to be a plan. You know, they, they, they went into spring or into the off season and unloaded a bunch of salaries. And, it, and, and all you heard about was they you know they were comparing you're getting their resources in line with their you know budget and blah 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 and then all of a sudden when they they took a bunch of hits publicity wise then all of a sudden all of a sudden they went out and spent money so it was like well, the phone rang and they said oh shit we're you know we're looking bad PR wise let's spend a little bit of money and we'll bring these guys in on one year deals and whatever and they and they end up spending the same amount of money and with less talent so why should we have any faith in in their ability to, you know, build this team into into a Tampa Bay
1: model, for lack of a better term. Well, listen, I can agree with the point you just made. I just don't have to like it. Right. Here I was trying to have a rosy conversation about a bright future full of young studs, <laughs> and you reminded me how none of that's going to happen. Thanks, Bill.
2: Well, I, I hope you're, you know, from your mouth to God's ear, you know – <laughs> I, I want them to be, you know, and, and they were talking today about the Indians on the broadcast. The, you know, the Cleveland's not a real good team either, but they're playing all 23 and 24 year old guys. You know, they got about a bunch of young dudes on their team. You know, we're still starting guys that are 30, 31, or whatever, you know. They're yeah, not I saw,
1: the I saw somebody trying to argue that we should uh, try to lock up Tommy Pham for the rest of his career. I'm just like, I, I don't have a problem with him played this year but i don't see how he is a part of the long-term um, well, future and, here in cincinnati and, 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 and he's
2: fine he's fine he's a fine you know he's a decent player but he's not he's somebody you
1: beard facial <laughs> hair is perfectly lined up it's impressive
2: but he's not the kind of guy you, you want to build your future around he's not the kind of guy that you're going to build a team on he, he's not going to carry this team We don't have a play unless Joey comes back and is the player Joey was for periods last year or Stevenson blooms even more than I think he will this year. I think he can become that kind of player. There isn't a guy on this team offensively that can carry him. They don't have that. They don't have anybody with that kind of
1: talent. I know personally, I would love to see him uh, throw some money at Jonathan India. I'm not saying overpay him, but keep him happy. I think there was some uh, – You know, and, and I, he
2: didn't even occur to me. I apologize. You're, you're right. You see, that's the problem with that, having three-quarters of your team on the, on the DL. Yeah, you, right. for, you forget about guys. And, and you're right. India is somebody that, that – Indy and Stevenson are the two that,
1: that make the most sense. to do. Have you seen the clips of Jonathan India on the bench just cheering on the team from the dugout? No. He just, he just seems like he's everybody on that team's best friend, specifically, specifically Kyle Farmer. The Reds are making plays. These are getting hits, and you just look back there, and Jonathan India is, like, leaning over the rails, pumping his fist, tossing his hair around. It is so much fun to watch. And, yeah, I think I was a little concerned about a sophomore slump. Now, we don't know if he's going to have one or not because he hasn't played that much, and be careful with him. But a guy like that, with that kind of energy, I think especially as close as he was to Nick Castellanos, you got to imagine that they talk a lot. I would say do whatever you can to uh, get him back on you in your good graces. I, I would not mind buying
2: out his, his arbitration years, which would be like a, like a four year deal. Probably. I'm, I'm uh-huh. thinking off the top of my head. Uh, I have no problem with that for, for reasonable money. Um, you know, four year, I don't know, 22, $23 million deal, something like that. Uh, I, but like you said, I wouldn't. I wouldn't overpay him because he's he's also not a guy. He's not going to carry you. He's a he's a good player. I think he'll make an all star team or two. Um, oh. oh, let's see that tie. I want oh, to see, see that tie. Here. Let's see
1: that tie.
0: Woo. I'm here, gang. Chad,
1: Chad has just joined the chat. Chad Dawson has joined the chat um, just in time for us to talk about. Bill and I, we're getting ready to finish a 10-minute dialogue on how much oh, we want to lock up Kyle Farmer to a 10-year, $200 million deal. Keep him a red life.
0: Yeah, obviously. I mean, come on.
1: Um, Not Chad, also, the, uh, the conversation was, um, which of the young guys would you like to see the Reds try to start locking up at least some <laughs> semblance and- of long term?
0: Well, it depends on, I guess, what we uh, – can you guys hear me okay?
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. And now the chat's back, um, I do want to apologize. I had my phone hooked, uh, my computer hooked up to my AirPods. But for the first, like, seven minutes, my AirPods weren't in. They were just sitting <laughs> on the table. So if the audio was weird at the beginning. Apologies. I am not used to this. Well, that's okay. Night.
2: The problem, thing thing is, I'm so loud he could hear me from his iPod earbud <laughs> sitting on the table. Boy,
0: <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'm late one time, and uh, you guys just about burned this place down to the ground. And the I'll inmates run in. are running in silence.
2: You know, you know what Buffett said. Jimmy Buffett said, "Gypsies in the palace, brother.
0: Gypsies in the palace." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, again, I, I I don't know what all you all said uh, before. Um, sorry, I'm late. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, I mean, that that list starts with Tyler Stevenson, obviously, right? Uh, young yeah. guys you want to lock up. He mm-hmm. and Jonathan India. You know, the the question is number one: Do you still consider Tyler Malley a young guy that you want to talk about locking up? Mm-hmm. And the other question is: When do you start talk, if ever? do you start talking about Hunter Green and Nick Ladolo? Now Lodolo is not quite shown us enough yet. And really Hunter Green, if you look at his overall numbers, hasn't necessarily shown us enough yet. But if you can get some kind of value, do you do it? I, I don't know what the answer is. on those pitchers especially, uh, you know, you get burned on pitchers sometimes. But then again, I've never seen a talent in Cincinnati like Hunter Green. So, you know, m- maybe does that outweigh the danger of wrapping up a pitching prospect too early? Probably not. But uh, – Give me Stevenson in India for the next ten years, please. I want to go ahead and lock up Matt McClain and Ellie De La
1: Cruz while we're at it.
2: <laughs> Might as well. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do a ten-year deal with anybody. I'd never. I wouldn't do a ten-year deal with anybody. I'm not even with Joey Votto.
0: I would do a ten-year Everyone. deal with Joey Votto starting today
1: <laughs> for the next ten years. Well, let's say it out loud, Joey Votto. We offer you a ten-year deal to be a host on the Riverfront Podcast.
0: And Chad will match the money you're
1: making now. Well,
0: (laughs) mm, I'll match the money uh, that Nate gets out of this thing.
2: You mentioned we, we were
0: jokingly talking about Kyle Farmer as you came
2: on, Chad. Let me ask you guys a question, though. When Barrero is healthy, does he come in and get the shortstop job as bad as Farmers played?
0: I would have said no uh, preseason. There was no chance that that it was going to happen. Um, I still am not quite sure because there's I'm it seems either. to be. I mean, I don't know if it's just that there's this inordinate love of Kyle Farmer. I, I don't know if that's what it is, or it's just he's been the best they've had uh, up until now. Um, Despite his with, what
2: was it o for thirty nine, Something right. Like, like o for thirty nine or something.
0: Well, but now at the point where he finally has turned back into, I don't know, he's always been, he, he, was, he was, OPS Plus was what, 17 uh, percentage points below average last year. He was not a good hitter last year. His defense was adequate last year. This year, when it's become clear to everyone that he can't handle uh, the truth, as they say, um, there's no one else to put there right, right now. I, and so, so he picked the right time to uh, fall off the edge because if he has two hot weeks before Barrero gets back, uh, then who knows what happens. but yeah, his, his OPS plus right now is 62. Well, and the defense oh. has fallen off. His defense has been awful. Their, so, their, their infield
2: is the worst major league infield I have ever seen.
0: That's surprising. You look at the record of the team, you'd think they, they would be better. But um, no. So so anyway, I, I would hope that Barrero, given the current state of things where the Reds are not competing for championships this year, what's the downside to giving Barrero a shot and not playing your – 42 year old, you know, backup catcher. I I don't know. So anyway, that's my ramble
2: about playing at third base.
1: Yeah. You know, I want to pivot slightly and I brought this up once in the past and got kind of shot down pretty quick. I want to readdress it. Do we ever talk about trying to keep Tyler Naquin around a little bit longer? I mean, the guy's got his OPS is up to eight Oh two right now. Um, Every, every season that he's played that he was healthy, he's had an OPS at or really, really close to 100. He's not that old. I don't know. I like the guy. I'm a Tyler Naquin fan.
0: No, I think that's reasonable. And I'll let uh, Bill, you, you can jump here too. But uh, I think the thing is, he's limited. Uh, what he does, he does pretty well. You know, he hits right handers pretty well. And uh, yeah, he's not going to kill you on defense. And so there's value in that. And, yes, I think you have to platoon him. You have to watch where you play him. But if you play him in the spots where he is particularly uh, capable of excelling, if you if you hide his weaknesses, which you can do some, he can help a team. He's just kind of a glorified third, fourth outfielder. But he's absolutely useful. And uh, I love the guy, too. I've really enjoyed watching him uh, be a red for the last couple of years. Most
1: outstanding player in the Ohio Cup.
2: Wow. a time to be alive! But to me, a lot of it would have to do with the cost. I mean, I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of money on a Tyler on a guy that's going to like get chance at my third or fourth outfielder.
0: But how much but, is it going to cost? I don't know that he'll cost that much. Well, and like I said, if it's something
2: that that's can that can be justified, I got no problem. I, I think he's a valuable guy. I mean, it kind of like you know, like we've said all along about Kyle Farmer. He he's a, a valuable guy to have on your team. He just shouldn't be starting every day in the six hole. You know, playing out there, playing shortstop. Uh, I, I like Naquin. I just wish he wasn't
0: our
1: best outfielder. Right, right. That's that's pretty fair. <laughs>
0: well, I'll say this: uh, in terms of if he doesn't cost much, I, I'm you know, I'm done worrying about the castellani's checkbook. So I don't care what he costs. Pay if he's pay him what he's worth. You know, um, if if you want him on on your team, pay him what he's worth whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Well, the other thing is, and I, I understand what you're saying there
2: and, and, and it makes sense from a fan's perspective, but if they're only going to give you X amount to spend, do you want to spend, what do you, do you want to spend a higher percentage on that of that than you, than, than it's worth on that, on a Tyler Naquin? It, it, you know, we can say, well, you know, just spend the money, but it, it, that's like, you know, saying, standing in the front yard and waving and, and hoping it rains, you know, it's, it's either going to happen or it's not. And, and, we know that they're going to spend X amount of dollars. And they basically tell you, we're not going to spend any more than that. So if you overspend on Naquin, then that's part of the money you can't give to Stevenson.
0: Okay, but you're you're absolutely correct. And I'm not arguing with you, but what we're doing is just accepting the premise that Bob Kathleen is trying to sell us, that we only have a certain amount of money to spend. You have to pay players. to If you want good players, you got to pay players. And I'm not saying to pay him above his market rate, but you pay him what he's worth. If he's, he brings value to the team, you have to put together a twenty-six man roster somehow, and you need twenty-six players. I,
2: I agree with everything you're saying, but I disagree with where you're saying. Accepting that that I'm not, I don't like it, but I know that's what's going to happen. And 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 to not accept that there's going to be a limit because of that is to just you know rail it at
0: the at the elements. It's inconceivable that it's going to mean anything. And hey, Nate, do you like how Bill? I want to get Nate's uh, input here. Do you like how Bill and I just said we uh, we agree with everything each other's saying, but completely they disagree didn't... with each <laughs> other? <laughs> We've only been doing this for 25 years. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what do you think, Nate? Anything else? Or you want to move on to another topic? I say
1: you, I'm going to do both. You take all that money that we're talking about and you give it to our next guy that we need to discuss, Connor Overton, staff ace, Reds legend. Richmond, Virginia native Connor Overton,
2: with his 1.3 wins above replacement this year, and his career wins above replacement going into this year was 1.4. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something
0: guy. you don't see very often. <laughs> but he's been good. He's been I mean, good. legitimately good, not smoke and mirrors good, right, Nate? He's been legitimately good.
1: Yeah, I took some time. I went to just try to figure out what had happened. And, you know, his ground ball rate is up to 44% on the year, ground ball percentage, which is far better than he's ever done. He was pretty much bad his entire professional career until 2021. In 2017, he went and pitched for an indie uh, independently, apparently added four more pitches to his repertoire. So he's now That's working with six pitches. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you watched him the other night, like, he was throwing it was junk. It was that classic just junk ball stuff. Kept him off balance the whole time. But when he got to the Toronto organization in 2021, made the AAA and looked pretty good, and then he um, obviously went and played for the Pirates. But he was never really good until that 2021 season. And then he was really, really good, actually. He has a major league record for most career innings without an earned run, 13.2, to start his career. And then if you take out the last two starts of last season, one against the Reds, the other against the Phillies, he's just been awesome ever since Triple in 2021 with the Blue Jays. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. But apparently the more pitches you have, the better.
0: Well, you know, we, we, we will go broke uh, betting on someone's small sample size success. But I'll say this. Um, he's He's 28, which is old, but it's not that old. It's old to be a prospect, but it's it's not that old to figure it out. Uh, and, again, maybe it's just wanting to uh, do this thing we always do. We put on our uh, rose-colored glasses and try to see the best. And But he's looked legitimately good. I mean, it doesn't look like smoke and mirrors. I mean, he's really looked good uh, since he uh, came to Cincinnati. And I, I'm i not going to bet the ranch on him, but I'm enjoying it right now, and I hope, I hope it continues.
1: Yeah, I love how he competes out there. Did you see whenever David um, Bell went to take him out of the game? He was furious. He didn't want to do it. He was saying some choice words to, to anybody that would listen to himself, pacing up and down the dugout.
2: If you had Afterwards. that bull, if you had that bullpen coming in to relieve you, wouldn't you be pissed?
0: <laughs> That's a good point. There goes my victory.
2: <laughs> um, do you think it means anything that three of, three out of the four games he started been on the road? Now, one of them was in Colorado, but do you think that has any effect?
0: I think it's still all. Watches, uh, you know, comes out in the small sample size. Oh, wash to yeah, to okay. me, I, I don't know. I don't we should draw too many conclusions other than it's been really fun, and I hope it continues because he does seem like a bulldog and uh, the type of guy Cincinnati fans could like kind of an underdog bulldog. Um, and I did not realize, uh, Old Dominion University and from uh, mm-hmm. from Richmond, huh? How about that? OD. We should go try to find his uh, his parents and uh, watch a game with him.
1: He is officially he pushes- a uh, friend of the podcast. There you go.
0: Maybe if he pitches against the Nationals, we'll go up there and uh, with uh, his parents and hang out. There he is. I, I hate to um, trot over ground you all have already, uh, already traversed, but I imagine you all began this uh, show talking about Hunter Green. Who? No? You yeah, haven't talked about Hunter Green yet?
1: Yeah.
0: Who is he? <laughs>
1: yeah, we might, we might have touched on it, but you please uh, go ahead. let us know your thoughts because there was a lot going on. I, was, I, was, I, was,
2: I, I did say that you and I were texting d- during the game on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's actually the first time in y- years, I think that uh, Bill texted me during a game and he wasn't uh, upset about some decision or something that, that happened. He was like, Oh man, this guy's good. Um, I think the first text was, I think the first thing I said was Green's throwing a, a
2: gem or something like that. And it was in yeah. like the fourth inning.
0: Right. And that was an understatement. I, you know, listen, he's the per- I, it's ironic, I guess, that Bill's on this time because it comes in this thing we always repeat when we're, we get together and the topic of young pitcher comes up. We've literally been saying it's probably since 2007 on this when we first started this this show, um, which is that it, it just, this is just the way it is with uh, with good young pitchers. They're going to look great one day. They're going to struggle another day. They're trying to figure it out. And they get, the guys that are batting against them drive Mercedes, too. So, you know, um, as uh, as they say, and um it's fun to watch his development in some ways, but again, that what we saw in his first couple starts and then what we saw in this uh, most recent, uh, almost no hitter. Well, I guess it was a no hitter, but, um, unofficial an unofficial no hitter. We saw, you, you start to see the, what the ceiling is. This is a kid that really doesn't know what he's doing yet, but he's learning those. He's how to mix in those sliders. Um, still got the uh, elite velocity. I, I'm telling you, you know, I, I What's his ERA now? 59 five point, five point something or something like that. I haven't looked. I, I meant to look. Um, it came down quite a bit, but um, so you look at his overall numbers and they don't do not look good. Six point two one. There you go. See, see you, somebody somebody who doesn't pay attention to the Reds and just looks at those without having watched him pitch would say, oh wow, gosh, this kid he needs to go to Triple A." No, no, we're, we're, we're seeing the upper reaches of what he's going to be able to do. And I'm telling you, this guy has, I, I don't, I'm not telling you he's going to be this guy, but he has Justin Verlander, ceiling, that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, and, well, and, and I'm, as, he's, he's the reason to watch the Reds these days. He's appointment viewing.
2: I, and I, I said to Nate, you know, that, that it's great that he can hit a hundred whenever he seems to want to. I said, but the, the th- the difference was Sunday is the is the off speed stuff that he was throwing for strikes in the bottom of the strike zone, and and when he early you know through the first six innings when he seemed to be able to throw that pitch whenever he wanted it, he they were at his mercy. I mean, mm-hmm. there wasn't even anybody even coming close to hitting this kid. I think it's change up, if he
1: gets that changeup, if he gets the changeup figured out, watch out.
2: Oh yeah, if he can get if he can get a third pitch that he can throw for strikes, you know, almost whenever he wants to. There'll be guys that be wanting to take a day off when they see his name in the, uh, on the lineup card.
0: Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. saying. He's, he's, 20, he's 20. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the efus pitch. He's one of those, He's got a kid another three or four pitches if he wants to be like Connor Overton. Um, no, but that's what I'm saying. He's 22. He's he has so much room to grow. It's just we we've talked for years on this show about how the Reds stink. But at least we get to enjoy Joey Votto every day. We've had, you know, we, that's been the, the saving grace for some of these awful Reds teams. Mm-hmm. And this awful Reds team, we still have Joey Votto hopefully very soon. But um, every five days, getting to watch Hunter Green, whether he gives up four home runs and is awful, or he has a pitches a no hitter, uh, just watching his development is, is it's one of the, the, the few reasons. There are some reasons to continue watching this team, uh, and he's certainly right at the top. Uh. There we go. There we go. So Nate, you're trying to say that uh, this team is uh, going to compete for championships this year. Only
1: eight and a half games out of the wild card, bigger deficits have been made up in less time. If you say so. <laughs> Give me something. If you say so. Well, what's our next topic, no, you know, Nate? I, well, the the internet was, yeah, you know, I had tons of opinions on the no hitter and David Bell's, um, uh, and managing performance there, but the internet got riled up about something else over the last several days. Chad, what could that have been? <laughs> oh
0: man, this was fun. This was fun. I, you know, that the piece we that oh. we talked about with Jason Linden last week about calling Joey Votto the greatest player uh, in Reds history, Um it finally it was in the print magazine. It finally went live this week on uh, on the internet. They, they put it up on their website at CincinnatiMagazine.com. Go read it. It uh, got plenty of engagement. It had, uh, you know, um, more uh, social media buzz than any any Cincinnati Magazine uh, column in a, or a piece in a long time on their website. I mean, it really was and, – and, and, you know, 90% of it was people saying that I'm insane or saying that that's an interesting take. You're wrong, but that's an interesting take, um, and maybe 10% agreeing with me. And uh, my online column this week basically was just – talk about the genesis of that piece. We were going to write a piece about Votto for the opening day issue. And my, it was my editor's fault. I wasn't going to say best player. I was going to talk about his place in reds history among, uh, you know, bench and Morgan and everyone. Uh, but And he was like, no, why don't you do this? Why don't you, why don't you take this hot take? Call, try to try to make the case. He's the best ever. So i tried to make the case. And I don't know if I got there or not. I think he, I think it's a, it's arguable. The truthfully, I, d- I don't believe he's the greatest player in reds history. I think that's Joe Morgan. Um, but Joey Votto, you can make a legitimate argument, is the best player in Reds issue. Well, man, the number of uh, Tony Perez fans, and I love Tony Perez, but the number of Tony Perez fans that came out of the woodwork, the number, uh, fewer Pete Rose fans than I expected in terms of the best player, but but some. But anyway, boy, my mentions were a disaster <laughs> zone for a couple of days, and I was just, I was actually trolling a little bit and feeding into it. It was it was fun. That's That's the only time Twitter's fun, so. You all saw the piece. Uh, what did you think? I actually have not read
2: it yet. I have to admit, I have not read it yet. Um, just saying, What's you know, it? It. Chad. I'm I sorry, but you idea. are not my life. You are not my, my number
0: life. one fan.
2: <laughs> um, I, I did re- reply on, on Twitter to your to the thing about Tony Perez, though, because I did say, you know, I watched Tony Perez for a vast majority of his career, and he ain't no Joey Vado great play great player i i, I and, and you and i've talked about this i don't even really believe tony perez is a hall of famer
0: hey, borderline I mean, but i don't need yeah. borderline
2: but i think you can make the argument either way um and i and i was a big tony perez fan and, and when i was a kid and we were going under the big red machine days tony loved when we were in the ballpark when me and my buddies just gonna there, he used to kill the ball i mean he always seemed like he hit a home run when we were in the ballpark like, we used to joke that he used to he should have paid our way in uh I, I, and I, I tend to agree with you that Morgan is probably the best Reds player of all time. Um and, and, but I think if you, you can pick out five and, and I think we, most of us would have the same five, you know, Frank yeah, Robinson, yeah. Pete, Johnny, Joe, somebody else, you know, Cal farmer, have... <laughs> no buck farmer and
1: buck farmer, the immortal. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite points were the ones that were uh, the, the the folks that were trying to claim that Joey Votto wouldn't have made the roster for the Big Red Machine. Yeah. One he guy said he'd be the twenty
0: fourth guy on the roster.
1: <laughs> it's like their arguments were directly proportional. He'd been behind to Andy Costco. The, <laughs> the number of misspelled words in their tweet yeah. I can tell you how Direct strong their words. argument was. Um, I, I mean, I think Joe Morgan is the best the best player to ever wear a Reds uniform. But I don't know that he was, in my opinion, the best Red, just from a longevity standpoint. Well, and, and
2: Jason talked last week about, you know, that Joey's going to pl- probably play his whole career here. And, and to him, that set a different standard. I, I don't see it that way. You know, you're here however long you're here. As long as you're here for what I consider a reasonable amount of time. And I think a minimum to the, me, that is four or five years. Uh, I think that's a sizable portion of you, enough of your career for you to be considered, you know, the best of for the franchise. Um, but I understand what Jason was talking about too, that to him, the fact that Joey plays here, his whole career sets him in a different class. Well,
1: if Joey well, plays for 10 more, 10 more years at 40 home runs a year. Then I think we'll give it to him. <laughs> One way I thought about
0: framing my, my argument in terms of Joey, but it was the greatest red ever was, I think the headline. And I didn't pick the headline, and uh, I didn't really want to write the article that way. But I'm glad I did. Uh, It was fun. Um, But one way I thought about framing it was making a distinction between the best player who ever played for the Reds versus the greatest Red ever.
1: And and the
0: distinction being Joey Votto. They weren't the greatest.
2: We just lost, we we lost your brother there, Nate. He's frozen. Still, the
1: the still photo is very handsome.
2: Yeah. For a while there, I could look right up his nose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we lost (laughs) you there. Are you back?
2: I think we're back. back. Do the same, do the same, you know, uh, thing you just (laughs) did. Because we lost about the last 30 seconds of you.
1: I think we lost lost him again. again. Yeah, I think um, – I'm not sure if it's going to pick up on the audio or not, but I think Chad was making the point that, you know, just the argument between best player versus best red. And, and, and I think that's where uh, Yeah, I want to hear what the –
2: I want to hear what the difference is because I, I, I'm not sure that I understand what the difference between being the best player and the best red. But
1: – I would guess it just has to be longevity.
2: Maybe. I think Chad's going to have to step out and come back in and <laughs> – He's frozen.
1: changed his name on the screen to Nate is silly. So I think oh, this, he, he's the, internet God's punishing him. Are you
0: back, Chad? Can you, have y'all just spent this whole talk about whether I'm back on well, that? No. See, he he here. Done <laughs> done a little bit. all right. All right. Sorry. All right. So one last thing I wanted to say about the, the, uh, the Joey Votto, Tony Perez uh, discussion is, you know, there were some people saying that there's two things actually want points make saying that, Literally, one guy said Joey couldn't have been the twenty fourth guy on the Reds, uh, big Red Machine roster. Um, The first thing I want to say is, this when that discussion was happening, I thought of something—a famous uh, Sparky Anderson quote, talking about uh, was it talking about Thurman Munson, I think. And he was always like, you know, uh, basically he's a good player, but let's not embarrass him by comparing him to to John Bench, you know. And I saw something about uh, Tony Perez. Look, he was a really great player. You know, come on. Let's not let's not compare him to Joey Votto. He's not the type of player Joey Votto is. And I can't believe we're actually saying that because Tony Perez was amazing. I mean, he was really a great player. The other thing is this, an interesting thought experiment that we don't have to get into tonight, but that I, I think is a pretty interesting question. What if Joey Votto were the first baseman on the Big Red Machine? Where does he bat in that lineup? Now, oh. many of the people that were responding to me would say that um, he couldn't even make it into the lineup. I think he bats third. 2010 Joey Votto, bats third on the Big Red Machine.
1: Yeah, maybe. I a, wish it, we, we don't
0: like have to go into that, that, that tonight. That it's, such a it's
2: such a different game that, that it's hard to, you know, take player A and stick him in, you know, era B.
0: Right, but the fact that you can make an argument that he would be hitting in the heart of the order for the Big Red Machine is well, an argument. If you go to by it, numbers,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, we have a Patreon-only episode coming up soon, where we are going to make up the lineup for the Big Red Machine. There we go. We'll do the Big Red Machine, like the greatest Red. Reds of all time
0: lineup. There we go. Coming up soon. All right, what, what are we going next, Nate? You're you're leading the ship here right now.
1: Sorry, I'm trying to text with Chris Garber. You got it? I got. it, All right. It, yeah. So uh, next up, the Reds. Um, the Reds made some moves over the last few days. I guess we do need to touch on those as we are want to do. Um, they moved Vladimir Gutierrez to the bullpen. I think that we're all pretty okay with that. Does anybody – I mean, I'm not pumped about it, of course. I thought that uh, you know, after his showing last year, he might be a four or five guy. Chad? Yeah,
0: just, just point of order here. You said they moved him to the bullpen. Is that the new name of the Louisville Bats? Did they move him to AAA is what I'm asking? No? Just Did he? The bullpen? No. No, I'm saying, saying they – we, no, haven't, I, I, we haven't I, seen him since they sent him out there, but you know, I, I was trying to make a dumb joke about maybe they should have sent him to triple A instead of the bullpen. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's been a long day. I, I, I like Gutierrez yes. and,
2: and, and I think he can be a, a, a four or five guy, but mm-hmm. the way he was struggling, I can sure understand why you're gonna give somebody else a, tra- a chance. I mean,
0: well, I, you know, I think, he can be a, I think he can be a pretty good reliever actually, if you limit him, you know, he, he only throws two pitches and limit him to an inning or two. I think his stuff is electric enough. If he if he's max velocity, max effort, and limited it just to his top two pitches, and gets I mean, the ball I, I'm like the you, play.
2: and gets the ball over the plate,
0: and gets the ball over the plate. But I'm like you. I think he could be a five star four starter yeah. uh, at his best.
1: Still, a yeah, he was solid force last year. Hopefully, um, you know he'll go get his confidence back, work all that out. You know they also called up Ross Detweiler, left hander, um, designated Robert Duggar for assignment, which I imagine. MLBTradeRumors.com never envisioned typing Robert Duggar as often as they have over the past week or two. <laughs>
2: how many well, how many guys that have already been on the Reds Major League roster this year? When you see their name on baseball reference, do you go, Who? There's at my, least five it, or six already that I have I have no memory of.
0: It's my favorite uh, conversation we have our like recurring conversation on this show is that obscure. Future obscure former Reds conversation.
2: It's the third Third week week. in May and we're doing that.
0: (laughs) Ten guys on the roster that we know five years from now, we'll look back on this and never,
1: never. Who's that? Oh my goodness. We got a full roster tonight. Boom. Like the Reds, we are not injured.
0: Chris, you're a little underdressed for this episode. I didn't realize
3: I was, I was supposed to wear a tie.
0: (laughs) What happens if you run in from work immediately and jump on a podcast? So, Chris Garber is with us. Chris, welcome.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Chris, yeah. do you have any big thoughts on uh, the Reds calling up Ross Detweiler?
3: Ooh, the Detweiler era resumes.
2: <laughs> oh, so is, is, well, is he I... back up or is he up?
3: I don't know. He feels like a guy they had in 1997, so I'm not sure. <laughs> well,
2: that's what we were he just talking like about, a- Chris. How many guys already in the third week in May have been on this roster that you have no memory of? None. He sounds
1: like a guy I shared a beer with at a bar down the street.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you may There's
1: a Ross Detwilers down there. They, I've been to that bar, yeah.
3: What's the you guy may- they got? Who's the guy who's doing so well? Ollendorf? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Connor Ollendorf.
2: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, that's Paul Orndorff. He's a wrestler. Oh,
0: oh Mr. Wonderful. Oh
1: yeah. Easy mistake. Um Nick Sinzel is also down in Louisville for a little rehab assignment. Um, I remember and, him. Any Joey, word on how Joey old? just finished his in,
2: in Dayton tonight, I think.
1: Yeah, Joey's gonna be up in Toronto. Um any any word on how long Sinzel's gonna be down there? Is it gonna be one I game, two games they have an idea?
3: One hundred years.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's on brand. He's going to be down there for about 100
0: games. A How's he doing? Next, uh, next five seasons.
3: He's the number one prospect on the Reds. So is he doing pretty well this year? He is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. He, he, wh- the question here's what I want to know. Will he break the re- re- Cincinnati Reds franchise record for most rehab assignments ever? Ooh. He might. I, I, don't, I don't know. Is, that, he
2: might. My question is is somebody really keeping track of that? I'm,
3: I'm, sure, I'm
0: sure it's more, I'm sure, Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's one of the beat writers. They're probably keeping track of that.
3: You think he's got 50 career hits?
0: Yes, he has 50. I'm gonna look it up right now. So you 147
3: just career major league hits.
0: Oh, there you go. In See,
3: 16 years as a Cincinnati Red. Well,
0: that's more than Reaver San Martin. I won't listen to this slander.
1: I would have taken the under on whatever you set that line.
3: I really would have, too. I would have guessed like 65 hits.
1: Well, guys, we are uh, 53 minutes into this, and we have yet to touch on the biggest news of the week, and that is my man, Graham Ashcraft, and some guy named Taylor Motter. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't understand. It's Tyler Malley, I think. Real, real, real human being on the taxi squad which is not the name of the triple a team but it <laughs> might as well be that's
0: between uh the tr- between the triple a uh, and major league grids quadruple a officially that's your guy graham ashcraft we're gonna get to see him is he gonna get off the taxi squad
1: god i hope so Have y'all been seeing what he's doing he's got a 1.65 era and uh, i think seven starts no home there's runs allowed one extra base hit all season there's a double
2: my my question is, what is the point of putting him on the taxi squad? He's a starter. Why? Why would you bring him up and have him sitting up here when he could be pitching in Louisville?
0: Well, what I like about the taxi squad is that you don't have to bring someone up and put them on the roster. And they can interchange those guys in and out. So have him up here for a few days if you think you might need that extra arm. And then if not, you get him back down, get him back on his regular uh, turn same with the, the the position players you don't want them sitting on the taxi squad for six weeks because they need to play right but you can bring them up for a week and that's not going to kill them that's, but, that's but i'm fun. saying if he's a starter there's no sign right now that the reds are going to need a starter and
2: i and i don't see them bringing this guy as well as he's been pitching in the rotation down in louisville using him as a reliever
0: up here well that's fair they only but, have they need relievers they don't have any in the major is. leagues up until like a week, hundred guys in that bullpen. They have
3: sixteen relief pitchers on the roster.
0: <laughs> I'll put that on a tee for someone. I'm glad you all t- took oh the. Oh my bait. god! <laughs>
3: have you guys already spent twenty minutes on this?
0: <laughs> on the bullpen, bullpen? no. <laughs> I just go. don't go. understand. They give hey, I, this is something. I, I, I enjoy listening to Chris. Yeah, I, about yeah, the pitching success, so I, I want to hear this rant
3: right now. It's a new topic for me. They get 16 relief pitchers, and yet somehow, like on a Tuesday after an off day, David Bell's like, I, I can't warm anybody up. I, I'm i out. I'm already out of relief pitchers. Um, we're going to go with who we've got, and if he somehow doesn't blow the game, then Jason LaRue is pitching for the Reds after that. It's <laughs> – <laughs> it just don't understand the rules anymore of this
1: game. I don't think David Bell does either. No, Maybe that's, that's the, the
3: problem. problem. I mean, what? David Bell would Imagine. be fired in any normal year, right? Like it's just like they're like, well, what, who cares? So it's yeah, all. I'm bad. not going to pay
2: him and somebody else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and and if we fire him, are the Reds going to improve to? Fourteen games under five hundred. Right, I mean, they're
3: you know. terrible no matter what. I don't. I'm not even saying he should be fired. I'm just saying, like on a team that cared, they would fire their manager when they're like on two a team. and sixty-three.
0: What would it be like to do a show every week about a team that cared? Any I'm thoughts gonna, about that, anyone?
1: I'll never know. Never experienced it.
0: <laughs> I'll never know. For what
2: it's worth, on
1: the Ashcraft front, up until about a week and a half ago, every sign pointed to the Reds needing starting pitching. And then they just decided to be really good.
0: Well, it's true. I mean, you know, you look at Green and Overton and Malley was uh, pretty good today. And uh, I don't know. I think,
1: you know, they they set the record for the longest, uh, you know, most games to start a season without having a a guy go six innings. And I think since they broke that record, every starting pitcher has gone six plus. Well, we're they were just trying to thing. set the record. We're living in a simulation and it's a cruel one that made me be a resident. <laughs> yeah, really. Couldn't have had the Yankees. Uh. So no, what is Graham. Wow, right.
3: What is Graham Ashcraft's like upside? He's 24. I mean, is he like a legitimate like guy or is he Tanner Roark at an early stage? Before
0: before Nate, Nate, let me say before you jump in, because I want you to say, because you've been on his but I want to set you up here. I've been saying for a while, and I don't think Nate agrees with me, that I think he's got an upside of being a really good reliever. I'm not sold on him being a starter. Nate thinks he can be a starter, and he's excelled as a starter, certainly, in, in, at times. So, Nate, I'll let I you think, This is your guy.
1: I think his floor is a really good reliever. I think he's got the you know the speed. He's hit triple digits. He had clocked at a 101 a couple times in the minors this year. His off-speed stuff has crazy movement. Um, right now he's got like a 70-plus percent ground ball rate. He needs to develop a third pitch if he's going to be a starter. Um, what I've been reading is that that is very, very questionable, but we've seen with Hunter Green like he can do that on the fly in the major leagues. I think what we're not discussing enough is that his his true ceiling comes in a chicken wing eat-off with Mike Moustakas because I think <laughs> it could be a battle for the ages. Yeah. He- he is in that competition. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he is the kind of guy they described as portly a few years ago, isn't he? <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, when he when
0: That's he was 10, hard. he
3: wore he wore husky pants. To
2: say porky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: he was uh, in the
0: Huskies. He wore the husky pants, uh, you know, um, boy, it was a different time He's back a in the day. Large, he
3: large pitcher, big through the hips.
0: like Some women I dated back in the day. (laughs) Oh, Oh,
2: hey,
1: hey, oh, oh. We have reached that point of the pod. Let's. Yeah, it might be time to move on. I'm here now. (laughs) Everything goes
0: downhill when Chris shows up. Did we do the Friedel part? Did we do? No, I didn't. Use a, that, one. that is a <laughs> sentence that no one has ever said in the history of the world. Those are no one has ever put those words together in that uh, in that. Oh, we do oh, the oh, oh, part. Yeah.
2: Just it's just that. Seriously, no matter what, eight guys, nine guys, they start. No matter who they start, the other eight guys should any of them should lead off rather than him. No matter
0: who, I mean, no, it's true. <laughs>
1: I've got I some would real actually. Flashbacks of those like early 2000s reds that were just obsessed with speed.
0: Oh my yeah, God. And, and so I, don't, I don't have an objection to TJ Friedel necessarily. Oh. But I'm, I, seriously, I would forego the DH and let the pitcher lead off before I would <laughs> let <laughs> TJ Friedel lead off. I mean, it's, it's, it, bless, you know, he, he's got good hair. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm hey, jealous. Hey. But come on. He's TJ Friedel. Not
2: succeeding, is he?
0: Yeah.
2: You kicked one around today too in the
0: outfield. It happens. But he, Baseball's but hard. Month, though. He's I'm, you know, he's not the truth is he's not a major leaguer. I, yeah. He might be a fifth you outfielder. Think, but
3: he's not you ever think leaguer. like what, like Norris Hopper, would he be like the number 3 hitter on this team?
1: <laughs> Some days.
3: I, it's like the whole team's made of Norris Hoppers. Well,
1: well, that was how I felt about the whole, you know, no hit loss. I mean, did you, the lineup that the Reds trotted out that day, how did they Awful. expect to win?
3: Awful. Yeah. They wouldn't have scored in a week.
0: <laughs> I actually thought one day about – I was watching T.J. Friedl. I was like, man, Mike Frank just picked the wrong time to come around, come along.
3: <laughs> Pat Watkins would have been an all-star. I mean, <laughs> Pat
0: Watkins, yes. I mean, he's that type of guy that came up in September and, you know, whatever, you had to watch him, but uh, – He's TJ Friedel. I mean, He's got a cool sounding. His draft story was was interesting. If you all remember that. Where would that. you
3: put between Corey Patterson, uh, Willie Tavares, and TJ Friedel?
0: Where would you rank Friedel? Number three. Yeah. I mean, so, really. Where, that's, how'd
2: you like to have that for a starting outfield?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Remember that time the Cincinnati Inquirer reported on rumors that uh, Corey Patterson was dating Dusty Baker's Dusty daughter? Baker? Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> the Inquirer actually play. reported on this. That's why he was playing.
2: <laughs> How did oh, I miss what a time that, that was. That was it, made more sen- it made more sense than the fact that he had him out there because he was talented.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, uh. Yeah. really. <laughs> oh, boy, we've really, you know, uh, this we've gone off the edge. Thank the you tonight, very much. Thank you. Yeah, this the is the problem when you get four of us together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, this is the first time I guess all four of us have been together. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm a little bit disconcerted because Chris and I are on the bottom. And, you know, usually, at least I'm up at the top. Um, I don't, you know.
1: I don't know how to switch you back up there or I would. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you. I like I like being down here. Um, the first all thing all thing what else we, we got, Nate? No headphones in, so don't ask me how to do things. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it for Red Red's news unless you guys uh, have any other hot takes you need to get out cuz if you do please like I'm very interested.
0: I got something that isn't Red's related. Oh, oh good. I'm sure I'm sure people will be interested in this. Now, if <laughs> if, if you looked at, if you looked at what Mike Trout is doing. Yeah, fair. Is that I mean I I, I haven't recently, but
2: he's good. Well, he's got a wins above replacement of 2.7 already.
0: No, I mean, listen. All jokes yeah. aside, uh, um, I, I'm I'm willing to go on uh, to state my claim. I, I really do think Mike Trout's the greatest player that ever played baseball. Now, I'm the same guy that said Joey Votto was the greatest Red ever and got attacked for it for good reasons. <laughs> but uh, no, I think he's the I think he's the best. Yeah. Player. By the time it's over, he's the best player that ever played.
3: I, and that I mean, team might actually be good now, uh,
0: which is which is yeah. fun to watch.
3: Yeah, we gotta wa- We gotta start watching that team. I. I finally bit the bullet this week for my my wife and son's sake, and subscribed to MLB TV. I had uh, I, I vowed not to do it, and then my son subscribed to a a free trial, and of course forgot to unsubscribe. <laughs> but uh, so they can watch their stupid Cubs. But I Ooh. think I'm going to watch. I'm think I'm going to watch Trout and the Padres.
0: You, you but, know why? You know why the Angels are good, though, right? That's right, Mikey Mikey biceps, Michael
1: Lorenzen, baby, who has looked really good.
3: I've never been less on a bandwagon
0: than on that one.
3: Come on, that guy works out a lot. He did a lot of exercise. Strong.
0: He exercises really a lot of pushups. I want to be good at exercising. Curls, Uh, girls. We got some viewer mail questions tonight. Are
1: we ready for that? Well, we do. We also have a new member of our beer league softball team. Um, the beer league softball team is made up by our friends at Patreon.com/slash/RiverfrontCincy. You join, and you can also waste your money on the likes of us. But we appreciate it. Um, we don't get any of team, it. <laughs> that's true. The uh, newest member of the team is John. Checks in the Alameda. mail. I promise.
2: It, it, the money goes to buy Chad
0: new ties. Checks,
1: <laughs> check's in the mail. I, I apologize in advance for any mispronunciations, but uh, welcome, John Allman. Um, could be Allman. I'm not sure. Either way, I got him as a power-hitting left fielder. Does anybody feel strongly one way or another? I got a question. Didn't we talk about him last week? I don't know.
0: Did we? It's John,
3: John. John double dipping.
0: <laughs> it's not John's fault. I don't remember I I'm I've, listen, i as these guys know, I I, I was, I've been rushing to get here for the show. I, I'm not prepared at all. But I, I get on the personally. Patreon website, it
1: said one new member. I,
0: I went
3: think with John him. John Auerman is the comp of our uh Beer League softball team.
1: <laughs> and drives the that's
0: it. And drives yeah. the bus and, and, and the bus driver. <laughs> yes. Yes. John no, I think if it's you, a, uh
2: I got, I, got okay, I got a question. I got a question. Chad said that he's not prepared
0: tonight, which
2: makes you go. believe I that know. he acts like he's prepared some other weeks.
0: You all have to admit, uh, 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 Bill and Chris will, will admit, that we are more prepared these days than in the olden days. <laughs> for where, there word. was literally no preparation. There's, no, there's, an outline. There's,
2: a, there's actually kind of an agenda these days.
0: Yeah. Back in the day, it was just we'll get on, we'll talk for a little while, and we'll have some laughs. So, yeah, John, thank you. You're the comptroller now as well as whatever we
1: said <laughs> last week. Not so many positions. Just team captain, bro. Like, welcome to the team. We need you. All right, so now viewer mail questions. These are actual viewer mail questions. Um, like I said, friends, at patreon.com slash Come join the crew. Hang out. We have a good time. We have a Slack channel where we talk Reds baseball. We have one where we talk basketball. We have one where we talk random nonsense. Mostly, you get to hear about the weather in Canada. Joey It's a fantastic time. <laughs> the uh, first question this week is from Clay Christian, who I oh, am no. quite familiar with. He said, has anyone else noticed a lot of catchers, especially younger ones, have been receiving pitches from a knee this year, even with runners on? Is this a new thing they are teaching? Is it supposed to save their knees? It makes it really hard to block a ball from that position. Um, I think Tyler Stevenson does this. Have you guys been noticing it?
3: Picking up steam, it's a thing. Yeah, it's I'll a thing. It's I got a my kid's a catcher, so I kind of pay attention to this stuff. And uh, it's it's there's a lot of this one uh, one knee catching. The idea is you can get lower and steal those strikes from the bottom of the zone. Um, and these guys are really really good at still being able to block balls out of that one knee stance. So. I saw a, uh, a picture of Henry Aaron from 1973 from, like, the Hall of Fame game on Twitter a couple of days ago. And I think, like, Ted Simmons might have been the catcher as Henry Aaron was batting. And the dude had the most, like, old school, like, high, secondary, flat-footed, like, all 12 spikes were in the ground and, like, didn't even have his feet bent and i was like that is an absolutely insane stance
0: but uh yeah these guys got really and, that, video and video. i was like that is the bizarre did you see it i saw i saw you comment on it i was like yeah that is go to chris's twitter feed it's I, it was weird it's looking a, weird it's like the guys in the middle
3: of like squatting 275 or something <laughs>
0: right. but yeah that's michael thing lorenzen was the one, basically
3: the one knee thing is a real legit deal, and the guys who are good at it are really, really good at it. They they can even kick off that. Sometimes they call it a kickstand, and they'll kick off that low that low foot and be able to block balls um, just as well as without. And, and throw. I mean, nobody runs anymore, right?
0: Well, that's a good point. Yeah, some some things that are valuable in the past for catchers are not valuable anymore. I guess the only thing I would say, Nate, is that I i 've seen clay play quite a bit of baseball clay christian who asked this question and um i'm not sure why we're taking listening to him about catching i mean he was a good player but uh, i don't remember him being a great catcher uh
1: he could, i was i was gonna say as a catcher i, I know how clay's knees are now you think he would be more <laughs> uh, amenable to this technique
0: that's right there you go um i feel i feel yeah. like
1: the situational thing too when uh, you get a runner on third i would probably you know revert back to the way that you spent your entire life learning how to catch to block that ball but Yeah, if it's going to extend these guys, you know, not just playing years, but the quality of life well after they're done playing, yeah, take a knee. I
3: I was very pleased to learn that at the Reds fantasy camp, there are specific rules that basically do not require catchers to block balls or try to throw anybody out. Or even squat. Yeah, or even (laughs) squat. They'd be very happy to hear
2: that. They let the ball hit the backstop and then go pick it up, you know, the old basketball thing. As a someday the,
3: future camper. I'm very happy with that idea.
1: I hope the new meta Oculus VR headset has a Reds fantasy camp where they win baseball games.
0: Yeah, really uh, quickly about catchers. I was at a high school baseball game last My son, one of my son's high school baseball games last week. And I was actually sitting next to a big Reds fan. He's a football coach, at the local college out here. And, um, and I wasn't really paying much attention because, uh, who wants to watch a high school baseball game, but, um, the catcher for the other team. Well, the guy. Anyway, the the, the guy next to my buddy, of mine. He leans over and hits me and and says, "Hey, look, is that Tony Pena out there?" And do you remember Tony Pena back in the day? He'd stick that leg out there, and the high school catcher was doing that. And uh, I don't know. It gave me some good memories from the eighties and nineties baseball. But there was a, there was a high school kid in Virginia doing that now. I, I'm not sure why I mentioned
1: that. Big news. Big news. <laughs>
0: If you're listening, if you're listening, uh, Coach Dameron, thank you for that
1: uh, for that comment. You heard it here first. There you go. <laughs> our, our next question comes from Joey Gediza. Hey guys, if Castillo and or Molly or both get traded at some point this season, it would seem that Hunter becomes the anchor in the rotation. I'm sure oh he's God. up for the challenge, but is that a lot to ask of a young guy finding his way in the bigs? I worry a bit about that because of the front office's reluctance to spend money or trade for a bona fide starting pitcher or two. I hope they put Hunter in the best position. There's well, a can question I, in can, I,
0: can I jump in first? Here, Please. what I would say is, if he's the ace or not, I don't think that has anything to do with his development as a pitcher. Um, you know, I hope it's not the case because he doesn't doesn't need to be the quote unquote number one starter for this team yet. He's not ready for that necessarily. I don't know, maybe, but. And the Reds aren't gonna be good if he's your best pitcher because he's still a twenty-two year old. But this is a Reds. Yeah, whatever.
3: You know. Have you guys forgotten Mike Minor will be back soon?
0: Oh I, I had forgotten. That's yeah, a matter of fact.
3: So, you know,
0: if you worry about age, veteran veteran
3: presences and uh experienced number one pitchers? Don't worry.
0: I like what Bill said. We already have an ace.
1: Mr. Connor Overton. Oh, Overton. Connor Overton, yeah. Or what are you Either saying? I mean, you don't get a more low pressure environment to pitch in than do, do, Reds to baseball in May.
2: Do you think do you guys think one or both of Molly or Castillo will be gone by the trade deadline? At least one. I think one of them will be. I don't think they both will be.
0: I think that's probably made me actually. sad. Fair. Who's it going to be though? Let, let's let's take a vote. Let's, let's we got four of us here. Let's see. I say that Castillo's gone. Yeah, same. He's got the most value.
3: Yeah, I agree. Castillo's the one more attractive. He'll be gone.
0: Yep. He is attractive.
1: All right. Now that we have litigated that, our-
0: <laughs> not as
3: attractive <laughs> as Johnny Cueto. Our,
1: our-, our- Johnny- Johnny- juxt- juxt- six the other day for the White Sox. <laughs> Who looks fantastic. Not that we couldn't use him this year. Our next question comes from Kyle Kapler. Which of the current relievers do you consider legit building blocks going forward? Small sample size, but I feel like Diaz is leading the pack. I would have felt strongly that was true. Um, And I still do feel pretty good about Alexis Diaz. Um, Oh, I thought it was Jumbo Diaz. I thought we were talking about Jumbo Diaz. I'm sorry. That's his dad. Did you see those videos of Jumbo Diaz? week or so ago I,
0: oh my god i did sorry to hijack that one but yeah there was some great there's a great hunter uh, or jumbo diaz video inflation
1: out there. is not only affecting the american economy
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> look yeah. it up oh my good you think he was jumbo before <laughs> yikes it's ridiculous he's, he's um, extra jumbo now <laughs> yeah diaz's diaz stuff is is just filthy He has incredible stuff. Um, Still needs to learn how to pitch a little bit. he got some jitters, it seems like, both of the last two games. The game against – the first game against Cleveland was just weird. Striking out the first two guys. Then wild pitch, a couple walks, getting weird. And then striking out Jose Ramirez, one of the best hitters in the game, making him look silly. Yeah, I'm a huge Diaz fan. As far as the other relievers go, I mean, I like Sessa, but he's a sixth, seventh inning kind of guy. I don't know. My, Graham Ashcraft might be there later. We'll see what Gutierrez has. What do you guys think?
2: I, I like Diaz a lot too. Um, hopefully he'll learn to hit the strike zone a little more than he has now. But, you know, that's part of the learning curve. You know, it's, he's a young guy. He's learning how to pitch. It, like we talk about all the time. Uh, we, we did talk – again – this is another David Bell thing the other night when he was struggling in that game, first game against Cleveland, nobody up, you know, he's out there walking two guys in a row and nobody up when you got, you know, 200 guys in the bullpen must've had a, you know what? I bet they had a good Pinochle game going out there and they didn't want to break up the Pinochle game.
3: None of those guys mean anything to me.
1: I I was going to say next. Like, do you want any relievers to be a building block? Yes. There's one.
3: Ross Detweiler. Have we,
0: forgot, have we forgotten Ross Detweiler already? <laughs> Chris stepped all over my joke. Yes, right. we have. <laughs> Sorry. Indeed. I mean,
3: those guys, whatever. I don't care. Yeah.
0: No, I think I think Alexis Diaz shows some markers of being a guy that can be around for a little while. But I'm not I, I don't love any of these guys, and if none of them are on this team next year or the year after, it's not gonna hurt my feelings.
1: Yeah, numbers yeah. come and good. go.
3: Buck farmers come and buck farmers
0: go. <laughs> uh, I, I think Plato first, first said that, actually.
1: I thought it was Churchill. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. The Plato.
0: What's our next question, Nate? Is it Plato or Pluto?
1: It's from uh buddy Hooper Pal. Hooper! Is there an IL for the beer league softball team? I seem to have broken my foot football. I think I was designated a middle relief pitcher. Please don't DFA me. I, thought, was that, I, don't
3: I don't know what you did to your football, Hooper, but
1: I hope it I hope it heals soon. You can still be on the team.
0: What, what's sad is Chris and I have both met Hooper. He's, uh, he's from Columbus. Um, Good dude. And, uh, yes, he broke his football, but <laughs> – it kind of makes me feel bad that evidently we designate him as a middle reliever when he joined the team that's that's what we thought about Hooper
1: how do, how okay. dare we I don't know. A fantastic a fantastic name too you just put him in like
3: Hooper is that's a name you can work with it is it is
1: i mean Hooper start starting spot on the beer league basketball team
3: Hooper i hope your foot and your football are all feeling better and you, you will not get
0: BF. DFA'd as long as you continue, uh, you know, buying the beer. Money. <laughs> as long as <laughs> right. David
3: Bell is the manager of this team, you will still be here.
0: Yeah, because you don't need to warm up. <laughs> I know. I know. We have to get, get out here. We've gone long, but Chris, that poster behind you—is it what I think it is? I was wondering what that was over your for. left
3: shoulder. The bad news bears. Yeah, yes, yes, yes I, sir. I never really noticed that. That's fantastic. It's an original 1976 uh,
0: movie theater poster. That's outstanding. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm just, I spend <laughs> these, I spend these shows just staring at Chris. And so sometimes I know. <laughs> yeah. <See> my Johnny
3: <laughs> Bench autograph over here.
0: Oh, second best read ever. Somebody said this week on at Cincinnati magazine.
3: You think they thought Jason LaRue was better?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan LaVarnway. Alex Trevino, <laughs> Dan Billardello.
3: Well, still got that RBI record, doesn't he?
1: He does, yes. He does.
0: Nate, do we have any other questions? Are we done here? That's it.
1: let you guys have anything else to add. I am done. I'm out.
0: Bill, any final thoughts?
1: I'm done, man.
0: Past Bill's been for problems.
1: years, man. That's my bad.
0: True.
2: <laughs> so true.
0: Chris, any final thoughts?
3: Negative. Go Cincinnati.
0: There we go. Uh, I have one quick final thought before we get out of here. Uh, there, there's another sh- show about the Reds that um, uh, we've actually recommended on this show a couple times. It's called, I hesitate to even say it now, it's called Late Night Reds. Um, and uh, I was informed, I, I didn't get to sit, hear their most recent episode yet. Uh, and I don't think I will now because I was told that uh, kind of early in that episode, they were hating on the riverfront and basically saying that they hated us, or at least one, uh, uh, Tim Daniel was the name of the host that said he hated us, I think, um, and just really was awful. Uh, I haven't heard it yet, but this is what Nate reported to me. He was really, really mm-hmm. just just disrespectful. And so mm-hmm. I, I've got to tell you, we used to recommend Late Night Reds, and I would say I need all of you to go to Tim Daniel and to uh, on Twitter, look him up on Twitter, and then go to their uh, YouTube page, the Late Night Reds Talk, and uh, just make sure that you uh, go out there and tell them that the riverfront is the superior product and that those guys are dead to us <laughs> <laughs> i hope that i didn't get misinformed about what they actually said but this that's is what i need all of you all to do red's podcast beef oh that's great i'm it's going to be fun so well, go and tell the them morning. what we we'll really think <laughs> yeah exactly all right, this is them, uh,
1: the hit, hit like and subscribe and all that good stuff too <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is the Riverfront. Uh, we're a, we're a show. We've been talking about the Red since 2007, in some form or format. Uh, we are video now, but we're also audio. You can find us at all wherever you get your audio podcasts. We're there, I, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You're going to find us. Just search for the Riverfront. We're also on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash Riverfront Go there and check out uh, the, the site. Give us a like and smash that subscribe button. You got to smash the button, that subscribe button. Yes. There we go. Hash Brown, sell the team, Bob. If you're not watching on YouTube, you didn't see that just now. You're hearing us talk about it. Um, also, we're at uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, at Riverfront Listen, gang, this was a lot of fun for Nate Dotson, for Bill Lack, for Pete Mackinnon, And Chris Garber, this is Chad Dawson saying so long, everyone.